there's a lot of effort goes into this job as it is. So imagine if you had to apply some part of that effort to a facade of yourself. Just being your authentic and your true self, it, it's it's just so much easier. I, I just find being genuine, it's not a game or a, or a put up. It's just the, the simplest thing to do to give you space and the honesty to be able to do the things you want to do in your work. And, and if you had to spend your time concentrating on, on that facade, well, that'd be a waste of effort in my view. Hello, and welcome to the new series of Realising Your Potential. In this very special series, I have the pleasure of speaking to inspiring women about their leadership journeys. From politicians to project managers, executive coaches to presenters, these women have done some incredible things and make for fascinating conversations. We discuss the challenges they've faced, the lessons they've learned, and explore what organisations can do to drive greater gender equality. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about, sharing perspectives and ways of thinking that educate, empower and celebrate. So join me as we dive into some great conversations with amazing people from all walks of life. I can't wait to see what we discover together. My first guest of the Women in Leadership series is none other than Madeline King, Shadow Minister for Trade and Resources and Federal Member for Brand in Western Australia. I remember when I first met Madeline, I immediately knew I wanted to interview her for this podcast and you'll soon see why. We talk about the powerful moment that made her decide to become a politician the men and women who have supported and inspired her along the way, and what she believes political parties and organisations can do proactively to restore trust and create genuine equality in the workplace. It's an energising conversation, so let's get into it. Well, let's get going. Can you just tell us a bit about yourself and your background and career and what you do? Sure. So my name is Madeline King. I'm the federal member for Brand, which is a, a seat in the federal parliament in the south uh, west metropolitan area of Perth. Uh, and I was first elected at the 2016 federal election for the Labor Party. And now, as well as being that member for that seat, I'm also the shadow minister for trade and also for resources. I was born in the electorate in a little suburb called Callista, which is in Quinana. I studied arts for a bit, engineering for a bit, and came back and finally did a law degree. It took me a long time to finish uni. Uh, and then I went on to become a commercial lawyer. And I did that for about probably about seven years in private practice and then moved into the university sector where I was a solicitor for the University of Western Australia and then moved uh, into the administration as a chief of staff to the vice-chancellor, a man called Professor Alan Robson. And it was at that point I got more involved in politics. What about politics drove you to become involved? What drove me to join the, the Labor Party was the Tampa crisis. I was in London and the Times had on the front cover of the paper the image of the ship with all the refugees. And that was that kind of start of Australia's resistance to taking in refugees. When I got back home to Australia, me and my husband went and joined the party uh, almost straight away because we thought, and I still believe, we should get involved in those political discussions that we think matter. The point where we decided was really when we saw that. We just disagree with a lot of what John Howard said. And I know a lot of people do agree with what he did and many, some of the things I agree with what he did, but but not everything. And that was kind of our motivation to, to get involved. Yeah. I'm yeah. really curious from a leadership perspective, 
were there certain people along the way that helped you in those steps to getting to where you are today? Yeah, well, there's certainly an element of, as you get older, you identify opportunities, right? Think, and, and people help you take those opportunities. The, the opportunity came about when the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting was coming to Perth. And, and that's how I got to work for Gary Gray, which then kind of led me on a particular path and a greater involvement in the party. So I, I was able to do that because my boss at the time let me go leave without paying for a year. And I didn't return to that job, but I returned to a, a still a very good job when that time ended. But, you know, without his leadership in letting me freely take advantage of that opportunity with no restraint on me and also giving me the safety net of being able to come back to a, if not the same, a, a similar role with that financial security behind it that was a very enabling thing of my boss at the time mm. to do so I'm grateful for that and it's people like that that are essential to enabling one to take such opportunities and then working for Gary then opened up a new world I guess to me and and the possibilities of being involved in parliament you know after I finished working for Gary I went back to my work at the think tank the Perth US Asia Centre I was thinking I probably needed to move on from that in some sense so I went to see Gary to talk about how I could get more involved in policy development for him for, for Labor's opposition then or back into a staffing role and so we had a long conversation and then two days later he quit so I kind of thought well this is the opportunity if I don't step up and say I want to do it then who does right mm -hmm. so I did and I just I went and said to him, as you're retiring, I would like to take the seat of brand because that's where I grew up, that's where we live and I want to do it and I think I can. And it was kind of that, that grabbing the opportunity. And I think there is something that happens in women advancing themselves at work where they don't apply for jobs unless they meet all the criteria right, of, a, of a job description. I learned a few years ago, before I entered politics, you know, that's a good point. We, we don't have to meet everything. We, we don't have to be perfect at everything we're not dummies. We can no. all learn stuff. And I figured the same applied to this situation. Look, I don't necessarily know the machinations of a parliament or a political party, although I've been a member of one for a while. But it's not rocket science. And, and I studied rocket science and I wasn't very good at that. But I figure I can learn what it takes. And in the meantime, I just put my hand up and and I guess the rest is history or I'm, I'm trying to make my own history as I go along now, yes. I suppose. I love the point you make <laughs> about females as well. I think as females, we often underestimate our ability to be able to do something even if we don't think we're quite there. I think what I hear in that story, you've been very good at identifying people you've surrounded yourself with who have supported what you've wanted to do in many ways as well, which is a really, really important, I think, mm. to build your career. In the course of your career, I mean, you've worked in some fairly male environments and mm. I know you're an advocate for female leadership what do you think about corporate environments have we changed since you first started practice well I sure hope so and I'm sure it has I'm really sure it has because a lot more uh, women are in senior positions and that changes how companies run and people have to get home to their children and if you don't enable women and, and men as well as fathers to be able to do that part of their lives well you're going to lose that workforce because Becoming partner at a law firm used to be just whoever could hang in the longest. It wasn't 
necessarily about merit as far as I can tell, but hopefully they won't listen and disagree with me. (laughs) You know, anyway, I'm sure it's changed and I hope it's changed because it needed to. Mm. There's a lot in the press, obviously, at the moment around females in the workplace and certainly as a society, we've got some work to do. So if we want to drive for equality and diversity across all facets of organisations, what do you think we can do to drive that authentic change? Well, I think leaders have to want it to happen and take steps to make it happen. Uh, And it also doesn't happen overnight. So you can release some strategic plans, have a little list of, you know, things to do to reach gender equality in the workplace. That's all well and good, but then you've got to put those plans into action. I think that's about making a a genuine and a deep-seated decision to make sure that there is equality in the workplace and equality opportunity across genders in all roles too, right? Like it's not just about bringing up the female numbers to work in one part of the business. It has to be right across the board. You know, people argue a lot about the quotas in the Labor Party and whether the Liberal Party should take it up, but it's not like that happened overnight or it didn't happen without a fight. When you do things like this and, and make a positive move to ensure more women are involved in the party or your organisation, that is taking away a power base from someone. So some people might see it being a cost, whereas in fact what it is is just improving your whole operation because more people from more backgrounds with different experiences just makes for a, a better, more inclusive workplace that will be a better reflection of society as a whole. So mm. that's a benefit, right? And if you can see it in those terms, it's it's a good thing. Mm, it is. There are targets around number of women in politics. Is that helping, do you think, get more women into, into politics? Well, from the Labor side, it, it undoubtedly helped. It forced people to really think actively about it and to look beyond what would have been a traditional pool where you would extract candidates from. So it was desperately important move. But as I said before, it's not like it... it happened overnight people like Penny Wong and Tanya Plibersek will tell you they had to fight for years to get this in place and female leaders before them but it's also having it in the administration of an organization is not just the elected is also very important that we move the the shadow cabinet to an equality space as well so it's right across the board it's not like it diminishes merit because it just gets rid of that layer of exclusion that was there before. That's what it does, a quota system. It kind of brings some of the advantages that some of the the men have had so we can be on the level playing field to get Mm. the spots, right? So it's it's complicated and it can be talked about in quite derogatory ways to women like me who have been elected and some may see have only got in there because I'm a woman. And that's clearly offensive to me, Mm. uh, but... No one minds saying that. Like they say it willy-nilly, mm. not thinking about the women who are actually elected and, and in senior positions. But it, it undoubtedly helps. And I think more organisations should look at it. We should look at it at boards across Australia. Like it changes things. Yes, agree. The more we yeah. can do that, the better. And then just thinking about what's currently happening around females and culture with our current serving party, how are the Liberal Party going to do, in your view, start to restore trust, not just with women, but with society around the issues that we've seen come out, which are just eye-opening to read and hear about? It's such a, a, a fraught issue and it's depressing, quite frankly, and I've said that on the record before, that women can be treated so poorly in the parliament and the attitudes of some men in the parliament and not just 
elected members, also staff, uh, toward women is, is a big problem. I, I would just want to say there's, there's the violent issues that have happened and the criminal violence that has occurred to women. And there's also this, the, the general sexism problem and the bullying culture that's around. And I think that can be addressed by having more women in the party, right? They just won't tolerate it. They just say, no, 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 that cannot continue. And good men that won't let it go along as well how they restore trust well they've just got to let the light in and, and again that's something i've said publicly you can't spin your way out of this you've got to tell the truth let people speak encourage them to speak and show your dirty linen that's no fun but you've got to be honest otherwise you can't demonstrate any integrity if you no. if everything seems to be swept under the carpet or behind a couch so uh, i just that that's my advice that's my advice to to any group you know if yes. this is coming up in your organization okay open the doors let's yeah. go have a look at this um yeah. and let people be free to speak it's not easy it, and it, it takes lots of time and a lot of effort and a lot of listening mm. right like a, a lot of listening and i think that's probably what's been lacking yes and as a leader yourself, sometimes you try your best and you don't get it right, regardless of your best intentions. But it's about what you learn and how you come back from that and try and restore trust. When you think of great leadership, who inspired you? Yeah, I, I thought about this question. I, I guess I, I more think of the people I've come into contact with. I suppose they're not direct mentors, but I take their example. So Someone I, I admired greatly and I saw treated very badly is a woman called Faye Gale, first female vice chancellor of UWA and possibly of the country. She was put through the ringer and a whole lot of just gross sexism and she withstood. She was just a calm, rational woman who would have to listen to some of these buffets and then explain her position and, and she got treated similar to Julia Gillard's leadership as prime minister, like just got treated badly with great disrespect, yet through it all, held her head and her counsel and was calm and rational and addressed the issues that needed to be addressed, despite the treatment of her as a woman. And, and so she's a leader I reflect on that probably no one's ever heard of Professor Faye Gale, but I, I sure remember her um, very well. The former Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, is an inspiration to me. I got to meet her and work with her a bit when I um, worked for Gary Gray and I think her calm and dignity in the face of the rubbish that was thrown toward her from from everywhere like not many innocent people in that and again a leader who herself admits she made mistakes but she acknowledged them and would try and repair mistakes but also always made you feel important like made everyone in the room feel important so I think that's a lesson I learned from that is that idea of listening to people my, my former boss alan robson was a great listener i learned from him put your mobile phone down right yeah. <laughs> you just gotta if you're at a conference or you're at a, a meeting just don't touch that phone give your attention to the thing that's happening at that moment because if you don't you might miss something really important the things you pick up when you listen are, are really important and if someone's asked to meet with you or you're attending a, a conference and a seminar well you should Commit your time to it or, or don't go. I mean, you can't always do that. I do accept it. But it's a, that was a really important lesson from all those three leaders is about listening and giving your attention to what is happening at that time and to the person who is speaking at that time. And I think that was very valuable to me.
There are a few names. I think of other people that never get talked about. Cheryl Prager, the great mathematician, again, who just goes on and does these great works, or Fiona Stanley, who does the studies in infant health over here. Just people that change the world by getting on with their job. And, and they just do remarkable things and don't, don't need to be acknowledged. They are rightfully acknowledged, but I think that kind of leadership is really important. Mm. Mm. And we've been speaking a lot in our previous podcasts too to leaders about the importance of being vulnerable, but also showing your authentic self. I think you're very much your authentic self, but how important do you think that is for leaders to be an authentic self? There's a lot of effort goes into this job as it is. So imagine if you had to apply some part of that effort to a facade of yourself. Just being authentic and your true self, it, it's it's just so much easier. Obviously, sometimes you need to maybe temper some of your thoughts when you can't yell at people like you might yell at the television you're watching a footy match. But, you know, save that to watching the footy match in the privacy of your own home and <laughs> you can do that. So I, I just find um, being genuine is not a, it's not a game or a, or a put up. It's just the, the simplest thing to do to give you space and the honesty to, to be able to do the things you want to do in your work. And, and if you had to spend your time concentrating on, on that facade, well, that'd be a waste of effort in my view. When you're in a leadership position, it can be quite isolating. What's your guidance for leaders in, how, in terms of when they feel that way or what support mechanisms have worked for you? Yeah, that's a tough one. And, and people's family situations are different too, right? So it'd be different for everyone. I mean, I, I don't have children, but I've got a very supportive husband. So I can have a bit of a chinwag to him about a few things. Like one of the most fun things I do that I enjoy that is just so different from my job is games of hockey, where I catch up whenever I can with a bunch of about 14 other women some people I've known for 20 years or 30 years, others only just met and, and just have a game, like a game, yeah. a game, you know, yeah. that, that it doesn't, they know my job, but they don't care. They, they, we're just yelling at each other on a field and quite frankly, taking the mickey out of each other where we miss the ball, all that kind of thing. So it's having that outlet. Mine happens to be that game and I miss it when I can't play it. And I miss that group of people more than the game and the laughs that you have. So I think it's, it's having those outlets. For some people it might be running, or um, listening to music or whatever it is. But I just think it's that that space that's not your job where yeah. you can, and you really have to make an effort to not think about everything all the time because you can get consumed in monkey brain and we all have sleepless nights when there's something big happening. But when there's not something big happening, you've got to take that time, I reckon, because mm -hmm. we all know when the big job's on or there's an event like an election or a policy thing or some kind of deadline but you do have to put in all that time and all that mind space into it but when it is quiet take advantage of the quiet I yeah. say and go for a big long walk with your dogs or something you don't have to work every single hour God gives you you do have to take time out and it's just good to have those other interests what advice would you give to your, your younger self that's a really hard question I mean I started three degrees and only finished one so I think it is about that like don't don't panic about your future life it's it'll happen keep working at it and keep in contact with your friends mm. I think that's the most important thing just don't sweat the small stuff mm. Madeline thank you so much oh no it was a pleasure Ange. thank you so much <laughs> I really enjoyed my conversation with Madeline. I can honestly say she's one of the most authentic and approachable politicians I've ever met. 
As I was reflecting on our conversation, I think the one lesson I'm going to take away is to believe in yourself. As women, we sometimes have the tendency to underestimate ourselves. We might hold back from speaking up in a meeting or perhaps resist the urge to put our hand up for an opportunity of a lifetime. As Madeline said, and I quote, we don't have to be perfect at everything. We're not dummies. We can all learn stuff. But I'd love to know what did you take away? You can respond by leaving a review or if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer via the Q&A section in the app. If you found this conversation to be as helpful and inspiring as I did, please remember to share it with friends and colleagues. You just never know who else it might positively impact. Next week, I'll be speaking to our very own Director of Innovation at Accolade Wines, Nancy Baghdadi. We discuss why Nancy used to change her name when applying for jobs and what she believes the challenges and opportunities are for women in work. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Until then... Thanks for listening and take care.